We're back, and it's Blaxploitation Month. This is Psychotronic Cast. My name is Alec Berg, and the talent, of course, is Derek Estes. You can and you should subscribe to us on iTunes and like us on Facebook, and you can say what up to us through psychotronicast.com and hit the email button and write us something or not, whatever. And hey, if you only see 20 episodes on Google Play or Apple Podcasts or Last FM or any outlet that you find to listen to us on, guess what? There are more than 20 episodes. They are all backlogged and they're on our website once again at psychotronicast.com. All right. Guess what? Including, well, you know, the backlog it has like our most popular episode of Man from All America. So. That's right. You can't find it anywhere else but on psychotronicast.com. Yeah. The episode that is so fucking popular, we should probably just do the top three to five <laughs> Emmanuel movies. That could be a whole genre we could just cover. <laughs> the other ones. But yeah. until then, Derek, what the hell are you getting us into? So. This movie, this is one that I kind of had been wanting to do for a while. Uh, it's The Harder They Come. It not only is perfect for our Black Exploitation Month, uh, it's one of like the top like six cult movies ever. Uh, for good reason, yeah, too, by totally. the way. It was the film that brought reggae to America. Uh, it, I mean, there's, there's a lot. It's the first film ever made in Jamaica. Stars... Uh, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Cliff, Cliff yeah. uh, who's amazing, and you know, like just to you know, put things totally out there. Uh, my whole life, I've I've never really been uh, a fan of reggae. Nor like I. I, it was just like that one thing. I'm like, it just it wasn't. I I I, I could not fucking like you know feel engaged with it. In uh, the soundtrack, of this movie like was is totally like that like complete opposite for me like I, I love the soundtracks of this movie so much uh, that I, I listen to it like a lot um, and uh, yeah the, this this movie I think yeah be, beyond a lot of that so like I used the disclaimer for anyone listening to this who's a huge reggae fan uh, I am a total neophyte uh, but I love the shit of the soundtrack of this movie definitely a, a blind spot for me too reggae I I'm just judging on, on the basis that um, all of my stoner friends in high school and early 20s that did like reggae probably didn't like the right reggae because looking at the apparel that they wore and the thoughts that they spoke, I wasn't agreeing with that either. So also, maybe like, it's a bad judgment. Say, like, like, white reggae fans are kind of the worst. Kind of definitely the worst. Like, like I think I've met, like... Like, I would trust, like, black friends who told me about reggae, because I'm like, oh, okay, like, what's up? But I'm like, the white people I knew who were into reggae were all, like, so... They were this terrible people. They were, like, white people with, you know, like, dreadlocks and shit. And here's the thing, like, with white people and dreadlocks, it's hard... (laughs) It's hard to get behind hating somebody for a hairstyle, because at the moment, I literally have a man bun, and it's kind of, like... Uh, right now in this day and age, like walking around with that is like sometimes I get looks like I have a fucking Hitler mustache. No, no. So no. I understand that. I hate. will say. So I will. I will give you this. You don't have like a fashion man bun. You have. You're a, a grown ass man with long hair who is who pulls it back. You gotta pull it back. So it's not just in like ponytails. So I guess that would be a thing. It, it would be like if your hair. Like, in the day, your hair would have just been, like, you would have been the guy in the ponytail. Or if my dream would have been if I would have kept my hair and it went all gray and I was a silver fox for a while. And then I would have just had the Willie Nelson braids. Oh, man. But that was never going to be the thing. So. Shit. That and awesome to see you just with the long gray braid. Oh my god! Oh man, that. just two. Well, because you're like Brady pigtails, partially Native American, so it would have worked. It would have worked. It would have worked. No, the, the white part of me just ended up going bald. So. It couldn't have it. Whatever. We can't have we can't have nice things. <laughs> if you haven't noticed by now, this uh, this podcast is unofficially sponsored by Makers Forty Six. I know the good totally. people so much. The good people for Makers uh, got us there, and that's why it is two forty nine in the morning. We haven't done a podcast this late in quite some time. I know. I feel good. It feels loose. It feels it nice. It does. It's so good. Oh but to God. get back on that reggae trip, 
Um, you told me about this movie quite a while ago. We hadn't had a chance to watch it until mm-hmm. literally moments ago, together at least. You'd seen it plenty of times in the past. But mm-hmm. after uh, telling me about this movie, and I saw a preview for it that you showed me a while back, and it looked amazing, but you cut me the 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 soundtrack and I'm like yeah it's reggae whatever mm-hmm. but I listened to it and was like oh damn it this is fucking fantastic so yeah. now thinking about it and with this discussion that we have had uh, yeah maybe it's just all the stupid white people going like hey man Bob Marley and then that's it mm-hmm. and I'm like maybe I just don't like Bob Marley maybe there is like great reggae out there mm-hmm. and I just haven't listened to it yet because this entire soundtrack is on point oh yeah and this movie is equally legit too so i loved it i fucking love this oh, i'm movie. so glad i'm so, so glad. much like right off the get-go uh everything was on point and if you haven't seen this movie uh you should probably just stop and watch right now because we're gonna spoil everything and it's it gonna be is a bummer. currently right now as of uh like whatever february 2018 it's available for free on amazon prime if you have amazon prime and who uh, doesn't at this point yeah and it was like Previously, it was uh, released by Criterion. That Criterion is out of print. Uh, in physical media right now, I think it's a little tough, actually, because I think uh, it has been out of print. There's like some weird rights issues, so there's, there's not like an official release, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure you can even find it on YouTube. If, if, you, try, if you don't have Amazon hard. Prime. But if you have Amazon Prime, like most people do, then uh, yeah, you can just watch it for free. It's on there, so just check it out. And it looks dynamite. ASAP. So right off the bat, I've got to say, not a lot of money going around in Jamaica in the early 70s. But boy, plenty of dope threads. No, everyone looks fucking on point. Like, they all have... This is the thing. This reminds me of... uh, Like, so I know some, like, kind of popular drag queens here in Portland. And then a few years ago, they went up to Vancouver, BC. And they were even kind of like, you know, like taken aback by how uh, revered they were there. And, you know, all these aspiring queens in Vancouver, B.C. were just like, oh, we just don't have money. We just can't, like, you know, put together, like, the outfits that look so cool. Yeah. And uh, I remember talking to... It was it was either Gulli Delgado or it was Shitney Houston, and they were saying that talking to... Shitney Houston? Yeah. So great. She's so great. She's amazing. Um, that it's like no, no, no. It's not about like the money. It's about the attitude, and that's how all this works. That's how all of this is like. In this, you see like you know Paris is burning, or you see like all of these like, you know, it's like poor again, like you know, like black and Latin people who like have they, they have fucking nothing, but it's like they have so much fucking attitude, and they will like bring it, and that's exactly yeah. what this is. It's like people who have. Literally fucking nothing. And it's funny, too, because, like, seeing this, like, you you and I are watching this, uh-huh. and it's, like, even, like, we'll be, like, complaining about our fucking lives. Yeah. We're, like, oh, fuck, things suck about whatever. And it's, like, these people literally have fucking nothing. But still, like, the hierarchy, it's, like, okay, so Ivan, like, Jimmy Clef is coming down from the country, because it's, like, you know, whatever, like, mom, I couldn't tell, it's, like, mom died or grandma died? Grandma died. Grandma died. And so he's coming down, and she's, like, you know, like, trying to find a place to stay. She's like, you're a country. Like, what are you doing here? Uh-huh. What's going on? And, we, you know, like, like there is still a huge hierarchy. Yeah. And the other thing with this movie that is interesting, partly because it's so different than everything we see here, because, you know, like, now, you know, it, it is ever in America, it's always white people, white people, white people, white people. And then if anything, you're going to see colored people, you're going to see colored people against white people. Um, in this movie, all the people with power, everybody in this movie is black. Except there's a studio engineer. Oh, who's Asian. Who's Asian. And that is the most gangster he, motherfucker yeah. in Jamaica. I don't know what his He's the is. only Asian person in Jamaica, definitely. And he made his way onto this movie mm. somehow. And he's got like that cigarette dangling. He looks like the uh, the kind of guy, um, you know. It's it's um, it's a stereotype, but Asians like to gamble. I know plenty they of them do, and they gamble hard. He looks like the guy at the pie gal table at three thirty in the morning in an mm-hmm. Indian casino. You know the guy I'm talking about. Well, he's in this fucking movie. That's how he ended up in Jamaica recording reggae <laughs> in '73, pretty much. 
I'm telling you, like, yeah, it's all about the attitude. It's all about the feeling. Jimmy Cliff, the star of this film, his eyes just sell it. He's gorgeous. He kind of is. He's tiny, but he's very hot. I'm super jealous because, like, most of these people in this movie have better teeth than I do. Mm. I know. And I'm like, God damn it. I go to the dentist. Mm -hmm. But hey, you know, if you got it, flaunt it. And yeah, as you were mentioning before, um, how we were complaining about our lives as we're watching like this poverty stricken country. Full disclosure, I understand that we're halfway through almost all the way through this short month of February where we're already picking the shortest month of the year to do Black Exploitation Month. But. Hey man, somebody crashed his car and hasn't been with wheels for quite some time. <laughs> and uh, now that I'm just getting back on track, we're going to try and burn through this and finish strong in February. But I was complaining about the truck that I was checking out earlier this afternoon that had fucked up upholstery. And then I'm just looking at this goddamn movie and people are just walking around butt naked sometimes because they don't have clothes to put on their back. And I'm like, all right, chill. Chillax. I know. Well, and oh god, yeah. There's, there's so much. I love oh, we've we've so, covered oh, no ground in this movie no, so no, no. far. I so love he, it. He, he comes in and he sees like whatever, <laughs> like a relative, an auntie, or like mom, or whoever it was. He's like, oh, grandma died, and she was like, and basically it's funny too because it's just like. This bitch is just like, oh god, she's crying. She's so sad, but she's also just like, what happened to the money? Yeah, where the money? She wanted a big funeral. Uh, Such a big funeral that I did. Oh, don't do a Jamaican accent, Alec. Such a big no. funeral. <laughs> don't, 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 don't. Whatever. We're going to fall into the patois. No. That's all we have to talk about this movie is the fact that apparently it was the first um, movie released in America that needed subtitles. Uh, that was English. Yeah, it was like, it's like watching like Scottish movies now. You like you watch like Ratcatcher. You're like, no, just put the fucking subtitles on because it's like I can't fucking tell what the fucking these people are saying. You can you read the subtitles, then you can hear it. Mm-hmm. And this movie does at certain points. They kind of like they realize that you caught up, and so they kind of like the subtitles go away, and you can follow it. That's but. what you notice, and I agree with you. Where it's like there's heavy, heavy subtitles the first third of the film, and then all of a sudden you realize like, oh, where the subtitles go. And it's like, oh shit, we got acclimated to their language, and we're understanding it. And then sometimes, Jamaican. After watching this movie, guys, girls, one girl probably, mostly guys. We're so goddamn Jamaican. I almost did a Jamaican accent right now. That's how Jamaican. But you just fell into it. I fell into the trap, the trap of so. Okay, so he goes and sees this bitch, and she's like, ah, oh, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you need to go back to the country. You're too country. And I'm like, you live in a fucking, you live in a one room. Shanty. Like, I mean, you have some oil cloth, like, tablecloths, like, covering some shit. But it's like, you're not, like, I mean, is this urban? It's St. Bouge. So then, I know. So, you know, I guess for Jamaica, it was 73 Jamaica Bouge. But, so then he, he goes back out, and he sees the guy who's playing dominoes, and he's like, I don't know this guy's name. And the guy, he's like, he's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I want to go to the, uh... Rialto. Rialto! I know, it's like, how do you know about Rialto? How many fucking what? business owners in Portland have tried to open this Rialto? I know, but also, like, okay, so the fact that, like, you're coming from the country and everyone's just like, you know about this movie theater that's playing dope shit, and it's like, you're, you're, you're that cool? You think, you know, like, that's literally the, like, vibe I am driving to run at all the time. Derek so and I are moving like, to Jamaica. No. And so then, oh, oh, okay, so look at this fucking piece of shit. Amazing plot point. Uh, the movie they go to see at the Rialto, what the fuck is it? Motherfucking Django! Fucking Django. Django, the original. Fucking Django. I, so they go, which is also like, about the it. point that a lot of like those spaghetti westerns played really well in third world countries and this is like a beautiful like cinematic uh you know piece of that like showing like what that was and how those movies uh were meant a lot to you know non-american audiences yeah um, and one of the the best line i think from the movie comes at that point where they're showing a piece of django and if you've seen the original django which you should have because you listened to django unchained didn't you and when we talked about Django Unchained, we talked about the original Django. And why would you listen to it if you didn't see it? So watch it if you haven't. They're actually yet. like tied together so well. Like really well. Intended when we were like, oh, what's movie? No, we intended this. About? This was all yeah. intended. We so blueprinted we this whole year we designed out. Designed everything. The Matrix. Uh, but 
there's the scene where all the banditos show up and they're gonna get Django and he busts open his coffin. He's got a fucking chain gun, mows them all down. But before he does that, uh, people in the theater at the Rialto, this is now in the the harder they come world, mm. where he's like, uh, "You all, Django about to die. Django about to die." It's like, oh yeah, Batman can't die until the last reel. Yeah, because this only happens like a third of a way into. The original Django movie, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, and then that comes later in the actual the harder they come uh, storyline, which is even better. So I'm so amazing! This movie is so great. This movie really is good, and it's crazy to think like, yeah, this is the first movie made in Jamaica, and they were using like nobody was a professional actor, mm-hmm. like who filmed this, who who did the ADR, who did like any of this stuff, and if they can make something out of nothing. And this is a beautiful. fucking Criterion film mm-hmm. with like the best soundtrack probably ever. It's like, come on. Anybody can do it. <laughs> it's oh, like yeah. so great. If you just have the drive and the talent. You so. just have to, it's not about the money. <laughs> it's not about the money. It's about the money. Money is nothing. It's all about the attitude, just like their fucking apparel. Mm-hmm. So uh, he goes to the Rialto. Everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. And then after that... He's poor as shit, so he needs to find a job. So he, he stands in the construction line, doesn't have the gig, goes to uh, the actual uh, one percenters in Jamaica, which are probably like the less than one percenters. It's probably like oh, yeah, the he like was one zero zero one percenters. And there's just like some like gorgeous, like bushy black chick, like sitting on her patio reading a book. And yeah. she's like, How'd you get in here? Who opened the gate for you? I know, for real. And then after that, he uh, learns about a record executive and is kind of like waiting outside the gate, kind of feeling that out. Doesn't act upon it then. And then he stumbles upon a church after he tries to steal some fresh produce from a, uh, from a market and uh, almost gets his heart- hand cut off. Mm-hmm. So he's like starving at this point, peeling through the glass like uh, uh, Norman Bates in Psycho mm-hmm. and uh, realizes that like, hey man, if I like hang around this church, I can get free room and board mm-hmm. and uh, maybe meet some ladies in that right, gospel. falls in love with a girl with a mustache. I know! Why is she the... Alright, whatever. I know. I kind of... The harder like, they come. This is one of those movies where it's like all the guys are going to be really hot and like the girls are just not so much for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. So, beep, bop, boop. He, quote, unquote, finds God, joins a congregation... And then uh, but, becomes part of the choir and gets yeah, a... Yeah, more importantly, well, I guess it. he finds the girl. Yeah. But uh, he also finds a bicycle frame. That's right. Uh, just a frame. Yeah. That, and then it's just like, oh, like, what, and, you know, what's this? And the girl's just like, the girl who's been... She's been groomed by the preacher for, you know, however many years. Uh, and everyone seems to know, like, the man, the women, like, you know, the preacher is going to take that cherry when he's ready for it when it's ripe yikes you know so anyhow uh ivan's kind of into this girl and then you know he's like working in the junkyard like the preacher's junkyard and he lives in a an an abandoned car yeah oh the abandoned car which is so great because like at one point the preacher's like looking through it and it's like what is it like playboys 45s and like a ray gun yeah fake ray gun and some like Random comic books. So great. I love it. And he jacks the preacher's bitch with mm-hmm. a with a broke down car that doesn't even have doors and a bike frame that he turned into a legit bike within three weeks. Mm-hmm. And they're taking like rides by the seashore. Yeah, man. So fucking good. Yeah, man. There's also that really cute scene too where because there are a lot of things like the Django element of this movie obviously pays off and you know foreshadows things. But you also have a uh, the uh, the song like Johnny Too Bad. There's a point where Ivan puts on the radio and Johnny Too Bad comes on, and then the other guy who's kind of the other like you know crusty shop guy who works for the preacher. He's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, you are Johnny Too Bad. You just need the gun. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna be that." And then obviously later foreshadowing, foreshadowing. But it's like it really like it's not like the kind of it's a very indirect style of foreshadowing where. Uh, thematically it pulls together, but it's not, like, so obvious, like, the, you know, what is it, the Chekhov's, you know, rule with, uh... The, the gun, gun in yeah. the first act, but we use in the act. third act. Yeah, so it's, like, it has these things, and it does, but it, it it's, it's, I guess, like, for me, watching this movie, I'm totally in with it, but it doesn't feel like 
it's so on the nose that it's just like, oh, uh, here it goes. I guess they, they found like really creative and beautiful ways to use those kind of foreshadowing techniques. And I've never been one to hate on the whole on the nose deal anyway. I think that's been getting a bad rap over the last couple of years when somebody goes like, ah, it's too on the nose. It's like blah, blah, blah. I'm like, eh, I still kind of like it. Well, yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> oh, I, I don't think, even care if it's on the nose. I'm like, like whatever. Like, yeah. obviously, the, the one the one example I can think of off the top of my head, which I still haven't seen this movie, but I'm just going to guesstimate that it's, like, terrible, was that Suicide Squad movie. And I guess oh, every single character that got introduced in that uh, DC comic book world had a theme song behind it, and they were all so on the nose with their personalities that people wanted to kill themselves. But yeah, I, it's like, yeah, maybe you should have killed yourself with the fucking ticket stub that you bought to go see that so movie okay. and slit your wrist in the bathroom before the even oh the, the, the trailers okay. even started. You should be watching this instead for free on Amazon Prime. No, right? Can we talk about how fucking sweaty this church is? Oh my God, so sweaty. Everyone is sweating their balls off in this church. And... Not once, not twice, not thrice, but I lost count after thrice because I can't rhyme it after that. So many people wear sweaters in Jamaica. I know. And I looked it up. The coldest day in motherfucking December in Jamaica is 71 degrees. Why does anybody own a sweater in Jamaica? Because they have thin blood at that point. Absolutely. I think it's also like, well, the only, like, the only person I know from the islands is uh, a friend Donovan from Bahamas. Yeah. I mean, he is skinny, but he, like, you know, he gets cold. (laughs) (laughs) We're in Portland! We're in Portland, Oregon. It gets cold there. people get cold. I guess. Even if it's 71 degrees, you're like, I'm used to 110. (laughs) That is kind of true, because when I did, I mean, I grew up in Southern California, and I lived there up until I was, like, 22, and I remember, you know, walking around Long Beach, California, and it would be, like, 70 degrees and I have a hoodie on. But maybe it's just more because I just had gotten it and like I never have a chance to wear it. So I'm like, cold enough. And then you just like wear it anyway just to show it off. Like, check it out. But, uh, (laughs) oh my God. That's, no, I would do it because when, uh, and when I was just a young, a young Turk and I just like wear suits all the time. The first time I met, um, my friend Chris Sweet, I showed up at his house for a birthday party for a mutual friend of ours. And it was like August, and I'm wearing a fucking tie and a suit, and I'm sweating my oh fucking my ass God. off. And I'm just like, it's funny too, because I've seen pictures, like, I'm just a little, some little kid, just some little sweaty kid. August <laughs> nights, baby. Uh, I love how, how much name dropping we're doing right now, just like full names of people. Yeah, yeah, that these have... are the people, these are the people we know, we know. So people. I hope nobody's mad that uh, we're letting the world oh, know no. that we know you. I know, we but know We you. fucking know you. So after like being in this church and uh, reaping the benefits and trying to score that chick and fixing up the bike or whatever, the preacher's had enough. He's too jealous and he's got to be like, you are out, my man. And he kicks him out. But uh, Jimmy, (laughs) oh God, Jimmy Cliff, he worked on that bike. He built that bike from the ground up. And he's like going back to get it, and he spent like six dollars, like getting new wheels and getting shit. new and wheels. He's like what? For real? I'm sure I don't even know what six dollars meant in 1973 Jamaica, but that is like a lot. Straight up, six dollars means a lot to me now. I know, and I'm in America, and it's 2018. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, Jimmy just wants to go and grab his bike, and then the shop mechanic won't let him have it, and so Jimmy goes, you know what? Taste the blade. Yeah. And then Shop Boy goes, uh-uh, taste the bottle. I know. I and then they that. get all up mm. into it. But then, mm. um, yeah, Jimmy just has to let him know. that, uh, And I just have to let you know, I might have broke your chair. Oh, no, it was already broken. As long as you don't fall down. Yep, chair's broken. All right. Oh, no, you're fine. Don't trip. Okay, well, all right, sweet. <laughs> well, if you heard that, that little pop, that's uh, <laughs> 230 pounds of Alec Berg smashing his vintage legit chair. Not at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> I broke your chair. <laughs> no. It's another story. That's really funny, though. Uh, all right, well. <laughs> on to... On so to- then, after that, so there's all of that stuff... Um, podcast falling off the rails. I know exactly. Uh, so yeah, like 
Um, oh, what's the... Like, whatever, Jimmy tags him up, and then after that, like, uh, he obviously gets arrested for it. And instead of going to jail, they just choose to uh, strip him naked, tie him down somewhere and on then, the like, boulevard, and then spank him. Yeah, it's like it's like a caning, but it's like, it is with a whip, so they do whip him. Um, incidentally, he does have kind of cool underwear. <laughs> so you're just like, oh, it's like an American Apparel ad right now. This also uh, happened at the best time because just a minute... Prior, we were talking about how like we're just gonna say fuck it all and move to Jamaica, and then he gets arrested and spanked. I'm like, yeah, maybe not. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're just like, well, that's the thing. Is like this movie. You see all the rich people, and you're like, yeah, I'd love to be a rich person in this movie. If I had no conscience, I would totally move to Jamaica and be a rich person. Yeah. Whatever, I have that option. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, but you're like. Because, like, I, you know, still have, you know, a bit of humanity left in me. I'm like, I would see all of these people in the, you know, abject poverty and just, you know. And I would drive away in my Mercedes. I know. I would, I would. Throw caution. I I don't know what. I would probably do something embarrassing one way or the other. I'd be like, pretend to be homeless as well. I don't know. It would, it would, nothing, nothing would work. I'm just like you. No, you're not. You're white. I'd invite invite like 20 people to live in my house and I'd hate my life and kill myself (laughs) or I would like, you know, I'd be like, oh no, I'm going to give it all away and I'm going to be homeless too and then I'd also kill myself. So, (laughs) moving to Jamaica is basically just like, suicide? Which way do you want to die? How are you, how are you going to die? Choose your own death. Oh my God. It's all called suicide. The choice is yours. But I do love to look at it. It looks like a great place to spend your final days before you kill yourself. The other thing is, is I can, thinking about Jamaica in this movie and whatever, is um, I've been heavily addicted to the TV sh- uh, to the TV network Comet lately. Comet. I love your addiction to Comet. I love Comet because I bought a fucking antenna. I haven't had cable in years, and I bought a $20 digital antenna, and I somehow get the TV channel Comet, and they play all kinds of crazy shit on there. But... Here's the thing. When they do play like really, really bad stuff, at least it's from the late 50s, early 60s, so it's really, really cool to look at. Maybe that's why we're so in love with Jamaica, because we're looking at 1973 Jamaica. I don't know what 2017 Jamaica looks like. 2018. People, I'm sure like in, if you're in Jamaica now, people are just wearing like shit that I hate here. It'd be like... They're, but they'd all be wearing like Ed Hardy shirts. This is so <laughs> terrible. And I'm, they made me laugh. But I'm just <laughs> like, what I'm picturing people. is, I'm picturing they're getting all of the shit that is unfortunately been like hoisted upon their beautiful island. And it'd be like Ed Hardy shirts and like sw- swag from Disney. It'd be like weird, like Orlando t- cast off, like frozen. Oh. Sweaters, yeah, and they're wearing sweaters again, but it's because they have <laughs> frozen on them. I think that uh, well, I've it's done awful. It. It's terrible. Like a lot of these people wear beautiful, sexy clothes. Luckily, we can track the geography of which the people that listen to us listen to us, and there are zero people in Jamaica that listen to which us. Which is sad. I, so, well, I, I reach out to us, tell us to fuck off. But I, I it's not it's a beautiful place. You guys have beautiful music. Wonderful. I literally will need subtitles if you try talking to me. But you love Jamaican man butts. Oh my, well, I mean, not to objectify them, but yeah, like sexy fucking people all throughout. Oh my God, Jimmy Cliff. I mean, he's tiny. You can tell. Yeah. He's like five foot, like four foot. You know, like it's <laughs> like it's, it only gets smaller the more you look at it. But uh, the shapes and the face and the butt are great. Love him. <laughs> I love him. Well, to get back on to the plot, I guess. No. Well, um, then he records a fucking record. And it's a smash. It's like... But Homeboy Hilton, the <sighs> music producer, is like... Too. He has this amazing star of David sweater. <laughs> but it's the best. It's so I funny. was even like, I want to wear that. But... He looks so... He looks so fucking cool that you're like, I want to look that cool. Yeah. And you're this like, is totally... This is basically like the, the premise for Get Out. I know! <laughs> so like white people are like, let's just be black. I know. I want to be black so bad. Be cool. That's on trend right now. But no, he does. I mean, Jimmy Cliff looks really cool. I mean, like... Like, whatever. Even if it was a white boy wearing it, I would be like, I want to wear that. But I'm also going to say that we also want to look like Steve McQueen or we want to look like other cool people... 
he is just what I'm gonna say is my twist to this argument, and not to be the just wild like who want to like black people or be black people are cool because they are, but the fact that like. I do think that Jimmy Cliff, A, should have been every fucking movie after this movie came out. Like He, he should have been a star. I mean, granted, like everything would have been Hollywood, and I, I, I don't think he... It, I don't necessarily think that he... You know, I wanted to you know, go to Hollywood and just be in like whatever, but yeah, I wish he would have been in Hollywood. I wish he would have been in whatever. I wish he would have been like the... Whatever. Like, there was... There's not really the comparison of what I would want. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, it's not like I want him to, like, come and just be, like, some fucking singing Steve McQueen and just do, like, crazy action movies and, like, you know, Charles Bronson, like, Death Wish 16. Yeah. Whereas Jimmy Cliff, like, singing some fucking dope-ass track and then just fucking killing everyone who sucks. Yeah. Like, that's really what I want. That's yeah. really what I'm, like, I want to tune into that channel. Yeah. I think that, yeah, you're right. Jimmy Cliff and Steve McQueen, they bear resemblance to each other. They both have those, like, iconic eyes yeah. where you're just, like, you'll you'll ride or die with them. And that then, face. I mean, that face. The and face honestly, too. the teeth. The teeth. If you can have that face and you have those teeth. Yeah. Game Like, on. you're a fucking star. Yeah. And then you also can, like, you know, get sweaty and just, like, like Get sweaty, wear a, a Jewish song. sweater, and then just rip it up. I know. Fuck. It's just fucking like if this movie is amazing because it's like it is both like really fucking cool, but also like kind of a little tragic. So you're like, there's so much. There's like it's almost like a teaser. It's like watching a trailer to a movie that's never coming out. You know, it's like this is like there's all this dope shit, and there's like some really cool fucking people that have like so much style and so much fucking cool shit to offer and then guess what like okay can like i can't like i can you name one more jamaican movie <laughs> i cannot i can just name a jamaican beer yeah red stripe yeah <laughs> you know what i mean but it's like oh i guess like what not dr no is it from russia with love so the james bond movie that takes place in jamaica i didn't see that one yeah i mean there's even like cases of red stripe i think it's the one that has Lady Lini in it but it's just like yeah, this is this. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of cool shit that I wish there was more of. I would love to see an '80s, like an '80s action movie, based in like this scene in Jamaica. There yeah. should have been one. I there mean, there sh- probably is. And I just need to find it. And be our next thing. I don't know if you haven't seen it yet. It probably doesn't exist. Let's be there's honest here. Of- I'm in your living room right now. There are fifteen thousand Blu-rays in there. Well, um, I was gonna like, oh, we're doing. We oh, work- but so he records a song, but he's also totally getting screwed over it. Was he getting screwed? They're trying to offer him a contract for twenty bucks, and he's like, no. And then he goes all over town to DJs, record stores, you name it, and goes like, here's my record. What do you think? He's like, I'm putting that on. I'm not selling that. I'm not playing that. And here's why: because that guy you recorded with Hilton, he's got a monopoly on this entire fucking country. And as you find out later on in the movie. He's got a monopoly. He runs the whole fucking show. He runs the cops. Mm. He runs the drug trade. He runs everything. He's like, um, oh, God, no. Who's the most famous living producer right now? Like Phil Spector? No, Clive. I was going to say Clive Owen. I know. Oh. God damn it. And I'm drunk. I know. It's, well, we're like drunk and it's like it's drunk in and the it's morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, uh, God damn it! He's like every year they're like handing him an award for yeah. still being alive. Uh, oh, I know, I you know, know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do, but it's I like know. he's probably in the Illuminati. This guy in 1973 is in Jamaica's Illuminati, and um, yeah, so Cliff goes fuck. So he has to sign that twenty dollar contract. Mm-hmm. They put the record out, but as he instructs the Paola DJs. He's like, play it, but don't play it that much, because he's kind of got a big head, and I don't want it to get that much bigger. Uh So it just kind of came and went. But then, um, I don't know, beep, bop, boop, he starts getting violent. All of a sudden, hey, guess what? I'm pushing some drugs, and now I'm killing random cops. Yeah, he gets in the drug Drug game. But he also is like, see, he's been burned before, and he's just like, I don't know, fucking Jose is fucking fucking us over, and like, fuck this shit. And then he's, like, you know, causing trouble there, too. But it's, like, the thing is, like, why he's such a great, like, cult hero or he's, like, kind of a, you know, John Dillinger, you know, from the, you know, 
you know, like the kind of this kind of rebellious folk hero is the fact that, yeah, like all these fucking people, like the, all these fucking systems, all these, even the fucking criminal systems, they're all fucking out to like fucking stamp you out. And he's just like, fuck that. Yeah. Fuck all of you. Yeah. Fuck all of this shit. Yeah. And so then when fucking Jose is like, oh, I'm going to get the fucking cops on you. He fucking kills three of them. Yeah. And he becomes like a fucking legend. And he loves it. He's oh, yeah. ne- I like that too. It's like, he's never scared. He's never running for his life. Mm. He's never like, as he gets more like in trouble, he's having more fun. He's, le- he's mm. yeah, it's like Bonnie and Clyde wrapped into one. He doesn't need a Bonnie. No. He's everything. Oh, yeah. He's just it. And that's what's awesome about it. But to talk about, I mean, like, weed has come a long way over the years. But those goddamn (laughs) joints that they were rolling were so giant. But then there's that one little clip of the weed that they actually were rolling. And it just looks like just swaggy, swoopy, doopy, paper bag, jumble, (laughs) blah, and... You're like, oh, cool. Like, I really could. That's when weed, you can smoke like a fucking cigar of weed and be like, I'm going to work. <laughs> I know. Like, now you just like. I've microdosed. Uh, for real. <laughs> I know. You take, you have like one bite of a gummy and you're like, I'm not talking to anybody for 13 hours. I know. That was it. I, I, yeah. For our friend Steve's birthday party, we went and saw an awesome. No, drop movie. his full name. Like, we dropped everybody else. I know, totally. Steven Christensen. Yes. <laughs> this is it. Like, we're talking about all. We have friends. This is more of the point. This is the point where we made a podcast just to talk about the fact that we have friends other than each other. It's not us. Like, we're, we we're, know people. I mean, we're popular. We have I mean, friends. people think we're cool. <laughs> but no, he gave me this, like, fucking edible thing. And I ate so much of it because I don't know. I'm just used to the little things that are like pre-dosed by like doctors. Yeah. <laughs> what did he make that shit? I don't know who fucking made that. Some he probably. Girl. He probably. So made then, it. I need more whiskey. Oh my god! Like, oh my god! I know. So no, no, no. You know, it's really. I'm, gonna, it's, I'm not going to stay on this anymore. Well, yeah. I just don't want you to hurt yourself. I don't care. The chair. Oh. The chair itself is not. It's funny because I. Yeah, whatever. That's actually really funny. Um, but no, I got so stoned, and I was like, "This is not okay. This is but not great." You ended up watching one of the oh, yeah, whatever. No, it's all right. I'm sit. grabbing another no, chair. Bear with us, people. Yes, sorry. This is. I'm it. not even gonna edit this. That's actually either. really funny because that chair, when I got it, it was broken, but it was broken in a different way. <laughs> what? <laughs> but then it was a thing where people would sit and like, "No, don't sit in that chair. It's broken. You're gonna fall down," and they would still sit in it and fall down. Um, hey, the, the bigger they come, or the harder they fall. I know, I know. I always want to. I always get confused with the Bogart film. I always want to call this movie uh, "The Harder They Fall" and it's "The Harder They Come." But then also, he uses <laughs> the harder they the fall, song. the harder I come. I know. Ooh, <laughs> interesting fetish. Thirty-eight minutes in. I know, but uh, so anyhow, yeah. So it becomes this crazy, like crazy, like cult hero. And everyone's just trying to find him. And then, this is when the point when the record producer is just like, oh no, push it. I know. Push this yeah. record. And the well, cop. Because he knows it's going to make some buku bucks. Well, there's the cop who is like, you know, I. It, it is very obvious that they're, they're playing the point where. Because uh, also, the record producer is also more light skinned. That there is that hierarchy, you know, like with the light skinned black people definitely, you know, kind of. Uh, being able to move up in the hierarchy, which is interesting too, in a, in a film where I don't think there's even a single white person in this movie. No, I didn't see a single white person. No, no, no. But you do see the people. A lot of the people with power are the lighter skinned black people, and they're fucking dicks. Yeah, you know, and the Asian guy who doesn't talk, but you know he's up to no good. No, totally. And there's a the guy. Well, there's on a, a, a side note, people we haven't talked about because this is kind of just kind of like one of those. People that I don't know how you really like pin into the the main narrative. They just g- gets in there. Was the guy with the most insane dreadlocks? Yeah, they're like kind of like they're like whoa. It's crazy. It's I don't even know how you sleep. How do you sleep at night I know. with that? He has like the thickest head of hair, but. F- for dreadlocks. Yeah. Is it, well, they're like these... And they sheet, stick up and at like, like... sheet dreadlocks. It makes like Sideshow Bob look like me. Yeah, it's nuts. But I'm sure like he's also like if you have that much hair and you are also on the island, the coldest day you're going to 
ever deal with is like 71 degrees or in that weird year where he's in the 65 you're like I'm dead yeah but uh yeah it's like maybe that is just like a little extra pillow or you're just like I'm gonna just take a nap right here or maybe you just like <laughs> just use it as like a, a sun shield oh okay you know, it's like a visor yeah cause hats don't exist in Jamaica <laughs> no they do there's a lot yeah no it's funny uh, but then you know um, what are we talking about now? Oh, I want to talk about this one scene because you were mentioning earlier you made the good point of like when this movie came out in New York and like you know in the early seventies oh, and yeah. all of a sudden all these people saw like you know I, I imagine this playing in like Brooklyn or something in the seventies all these black people come to the theater and just like see this film and go what the fuck this is. Out yeah, of control. No, it was like, so there's actually a really good, there's a, a book, which I haven't read, but I have watched the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that counts. Uh, these uh, days. No, but uh, there's a documentary called Midnight Movies. And it, it does, it's by Jay Hoberman and someone else besides Jay Hoberman. But uh, they talk about like the, I guess the five major cult movies and like the impact they had. And the movies are Pink Flamingos, El Topo, The Harder They Come, Rocky Horror Picture Show, and Eraserhead. Um, and those are, like, kind of the big... Like, the those, those are the midnight movies. Those are the movies that, like, played at midnight and got the crowds. All those movies had, obviously, a different audience. Um, but this movie, you know, obviously appealed a lot to, uh, uh, you know, like, the, the black communities in... New York and these you know, things are playing, but in that documentary they talk about like how the, there was a point where this got so big, so it was kind of ignored like when it kind of like first came out, but then they started playing the midnight you know scene and they get really like built its like cult following. Um, but you would start hearing the soundtrack like all over town. You'd be in the bodega and they'd be like, oh, okay, like this this cuts from from this, and you also get stuff like this even. Uh, uh, Oh, what's the song? It's the more uh, many rivers across. Oh, you're talking like, about uh, like uh, Joe Cocker did cover of that. Israelites, like, the Israelites. Yeah, that's uh, on the soundtrack too. I know that's been covered. Um, oh, who, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in this, but it definitely kind of opened that. Oh, that under pressure. Yeah. Pressure's got it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. This, I mean, this, this. The soundtrack's out of control. If you don't see this movie because you're retarded uh, and you just listen to the soundtrack, then I guess you have a few brain cells left. But uh, definitely listen to the soundtrack over and over and definitely watch this movie over and over because shit, man. But there's also this other scene in the movie where uh, they're smoking the joints or whatever, but then they like hit a bong basically it's like it looks Uh, like a giant wooden pipe but it's a bong it's a weird bong i've never seen a. but you gotta think like if it's 1972 1973 and you're in anywhere and you see this movie in america and you see that that's probably the first images people have ever seen of a bong being smoked and so they're probably like oh shit like what the fuck and you know they're not using like prop weed well you hear about like you know again like that that, that, the movie the minute movies documentary Think about like how like some of these theaters you go in and you would just get high because regardless of, it almost like that's one of the you know universals of all these movies you know you're seeing like you know El Topo Pink Flamingos this movie uh, you know Eraserhead you know it's like everyone's fucking stoned yeah and you just walk in everyone's just openly smoking weed in the theater. Cool. That just sounds so nice. It does sound nice. That sounds like the right audience. Yeah. I mean, every time that I go to the theater, I can't remember the last time I've been to a theater sober. And I've only like been just either smoking an entire joint to myself before I pop into the theater to watch whatever shitty movie I just purchased on my movie pass. Or when we go to the Hollywood Theater and watch something dope. Uh, we take edibles or whatever, and then we go watch oh, the movie yeah. and double fist a couple tall cans and have a good time. So good. That's what movies are for. I think that's what life is for. Or maybe we're just addicts. No, no, no. It's just like carpe diem, like carpe drinking. I mean, I don't know. Whatever. All of the different things that are not in English about having great lives. Well, I'm out of notes except for the part at the end where. Um, 
the the cop puts the Esquire squeeze on everybody. Like that, he's not gonna let anybody move drugs. He's not gonna let anybody play music until you give up Jimmy Cliff. And then they finally do. And then that's when the whole uh, scene in the Rialto theater and the quote that I love so much comes back at the very end. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, you don't know this. Uh, the the bad guy always dies in the third reel. And obviously yeah. this is the end of the film and Jimmy Cliff gets got and that is about oh, it. It's so beautiful. It's really, this is, yeah, it's, I don't know, I don't know, yeah. It's, I'm like, I don't know what to say to this movie even though I've been talking about it for an hour. I know. Um, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. 45 minutes and 22 seconds in. I just, without a speechless. But this movie is amazing and it's really good. It, uh, I don't know, it's just, it's dynamite. I mean, even like, I mean, obviously, it is known so much for the soundtrack, which is fucking phenomenal. But even without the soundtrack, even if there was no like, if there was just some like library music soundtrack to this movie, it would still hold up and be really interesting. I think uh, the music definitely elevates it to the point of being like iconic. S- yeah, super iconic. Um, yeah, I think it's also, like, it's super interesting as far as being, you know, like, the first vision for the most of the world to a part of the world that you don't really see about. Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, you kind of hear about, or you kind of know, like, kind of the gist, but it's it's really not, um, you know, this is, this is really good. I would also, like, along with this, I, I there's a lot of, like, kind of, like, uh, I guess that you can call like maybe third world films, but like Africa for one is like an enormous continent uh, whose films do not uh, get played, hmm. um, you know, much in the world. But uh, one of my favorites uh, is this movie Tokibuki. Uh, it's really fucking cool. I think it kind of like plays well with this as kind of another like kind of. Uh, crime, criminal on the run sort of thing. Very colorful, really super cool movie. Um, if you see this and you would want to see something similar, I would say Tukibuki. What year did that come out? Uh, around the same time. Oh, it, probably like, yeah, like early 70s. Um, yeah, really super cool. The really cool colors. Uh, and yeah, yeah, it's a guy on a fucking motorcycle. With, uh, you know, fucking, I don't know, you know, what kind of animal, like some fucking horns in the front of it. Uh, like antelope. I don't know. Some fucking something, whatever they have. An antelope's a little too big to throw on a bike. Whatever. They got some shit. Uh, yeah. Him and his girl. And they just go out and they just like fucking tear shit up like Bonnie and Clyde. That's dope. Hookie bookie? Tookie bookie. Tookie bookie. Yeah. It's great. It's available. I know it's, uh, I, I have a copy of it, like, uh, Martin Scorsese has the World Cinema Project. It's like one of his things, but they, they take films from around the world and they release it. And uh, uh, he, his foundation restored it. And it was released in the U.S. by the Criterion Collection. And it has been released in the U.K. by, I think, the BFI. Uh-huh. I think it was maybe handling it. But uh, it's really super cool. It actually plays now... Uh, kind of, I, I, last time I was in Seattle, they had, like, it was playing in one of the, not Grand Illusion, but one of the other local theaters. But again, uh, not to jit from, uh, The Harder They Come, but I, I think if you, you want to see another movie similar, I think that Tukibuki is super cool. And that's good, and that's why you're here, and that's part of the reason why we do this. And I guess we can wrap it up here. <clears throat> I really don't know if we just made the worst podcast we've done or the best. Whatever. Because I feel like this was something. This was a good one because when movies come along like this, I mean, I can only think of a handful of them. Obviously, the debut, Beyond the Valley of Dolls, uh, Emmanuel in America, this film. Um, I don't know. Like those are those are three that are that'll always stick with me since we've started this journey together. Making these podcasts and watching these movies. Also, yeah. if you want to plan something where we all just go and screen this in the theater and get really stoned and watch it and cheer, yeah, I would totally want to do that. I would, I would totally, totally be down totally with that. Do that. 
I, uh, like I said earlier in the podcast, geographically, I can see where people listen to us and watch us, and there are quite a few of you idea. in Portland. What if, like, so they're making, like, you know, like, John Sayles is making that new Django movie with, uh, uh, fucking Frank Nero. Yeah, so what um, if they're screening The Heart of the Cow in the movie? What if, what if they get Jimmy Cliff in there? That would be so awesome. I want Jimmy Cliff and Franco Nero. He's on fucking be... tour right now, so obviously he's still he's doing that. his entertainment We're going to make a thing. sequel, you and I. That's the next thing. Sigatronic cast makes the sequel to Django and the harder <laughs> they come. Get at us, producers. No. Give us money. We'll make it happen. Also, you know what? This is I, I'm gonna put this on. I think this is the first of our black exploitation movies actually directed by a black person. No shit. Well, Coffee wasn't, I know that. Uh, Coffee wasn't, Cool Breeze wasn't. Cool Breeze wasn't, yeah. Um, Willie Dynamite wasn't. I think all, most, I mean, really most black exploitation. Definitely Django Unchained wasn't, even though he might think he is. So I think this is also another, like, inaugural thing. I think, I think, I, I think this is, yeah, the first, this might be the first, it probably is the first movie that we've talked about that actually is directed by a black person, so. Yeah, I, yeah, surprise, surprise. Well, I'm just... Uh, white white people be owning that rain for quite some time now, but looks like times are a changing. Oh yeah. But uh, we'll be changing our tune soon to come, but not quick enough because we wait. Not quick enough. I don't know, man. I don't know any of the terminology I'm using anymore. It's late and I'm oh, drunk, late. but we've it's got so... one more. <laughs> what? Clear oh. Hensel is white. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! It was directed by a white guy. That is hilarious. Uh, I kind of, I was like, you know what? I assumed, but you know what happens when you assume? Anyhow. Oh man, that's funny. Well, hey, he made a he made a good movie, he and good movie. people make good movies. The end. Don't the know where to end. end it here. All right, we've got one more, unfortunately, black exploitation film to cover because I haven't had a car, so that's why we're only doing three this month instead of four. But um, this has been one hell of a ride, and we still got one more in store for you, and it's coming up next. Bye. Keep it purely casual.